course, is Warren Johnson. Well, super nerdy pet peeve uh, of mine, Nick Picky. I-, I don't think he should have been hopping over the top rope like a uh, parkour champion. You got me mad now. What is your name? As always, with my main man, Pots and Pants, Nick Facone. That's me. It doesn't matter what your name is. It ain't got a bicycle. I don't really know us like you think that you do. I'm Ryan Isley. Oh, my God. Is he the third man? He's the third man. What the hell is going on here? Straight Shooters is, the, I believe, the number one show on Wildfire Radio. I'm feeling good. No sleep, no food, no nothing. Maniacism. Well, the skeptics and all the people have a little bit of... Let me do this again. Oh, it's live, Hal. Sorry. What actually happened on the show? Nothing. Give me a hell yeah! I said give me a hell yeah! What's up, ladies and gentlemen out there in internet land? My name is Warren Johnson, and I'm joined as always by my main man, Pots and Pans, Nick McCone, the Philly voice and Philly influencer. And you're listening to episode 235 of The Straight Shooters on a whole multitude of platforms out there in the internet, wherever you can find podcasts. But before I tell you everything else we got going on in the Straight Shooters universe, quote unquote, I got to do my weekly check in with my, my boy, my, my guy, my main man, Pots and Pans, Nick McCone. Nick. How you doing tonight, my good? Yeah, I'm uh, I'm hanging in there. The the weather's been pretty nice this week. Haven't really had to use the AC too much uh, out here in Philly. But uh, I'll tell you, man, I'm, I'm a little little down this week. It's been kind of a somber week, uh, to tell you the truth, with everything going on, especially in the world of wrestling. So, I mean, just sad. It's a sad feeling. But uh, you know, we'll. Hopefully entertain in this episode. Well, I mean, we will try to entertain, but we're going to talk a lot about this somber week on this show. Unfortunately, it will kind of be a uh, a show of remembrance, I guess you could call it, for episode two thirty five. We got a lot to talk about on the show. Uh, we got well, for one later on in the show, we're going to talk about the dark side of the ring episode with about Owen Hart and kind of the reaction to that, really. Um, because I, you know, I know I had some strong words, and I'm sure you had some strong feelings about the reaction as well. <clears throat> Excuse me. And we're going to actually, in you know, commemoration of Owen Hart and his life and his career, we're going to live commentate his WrestleMania 10 match against his brother, Bret Hart. And of course, this was his, like we said it before we started uh, recording here. Uh, Nick said is that this is pretty much his first big win, and it was when you think about it. And it was on the opening match of WrestleMania 10, the 10th anniversary of WrestleMania, or the 10th WrestleMania, the 10th anniversary. Excuse me. Um, not, not the 10th anniversary, like WWE would say when they had 25, yeah. was it 25th anniversary when it was only, you know, it was yeah. WrestleMania 25, not the 24th anniversary. Yeah. <laughs> WWE not getting it right there, but uh, 10th WrestleMania in Madison Square Garden. Opening match, arguably the biggest storyline going into that show, outside of maybe the stuff going in with Yokozuna, Bret Hart, and Luger. The next biggest thing, other than that, that I can think of, well, I guess you can go Shawn Michaels and and, uh, Razor Ramon in there as well. But this was like a top three match on the card for that night. Yeah, and this had been brewing since November, and I I think really the second longest angle might have been Razor and Shawn Michaels that. 
started in you know December-ish, or maybe it was before that, maybe in October. But um, this Brett Owen story was, I think, the best going into yeah. WrestleMania 10. And um, even if it wasn't the longest, but yeah, definitely the best. And I remember, uh, you know, as a kid, just being so angry at Owen. So you knew that he was doing a great job. Oh, yeah. You was definitely mark number one. It's all sucked into the four <laughs> That's right. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, this is a this is a uh, bright day in the career of Owen Hart. Uh, so we're gonna watch that live commentate that later on. It's a classic, by the way. Also, and let's not forget the fact that this match is a one of the best WrestleMania matches of all time. Arguably, I would say it's top two opening matches of WrestleMania history. With the other one being in, in contention, the only other one in contention in my mind, off the top of my head, would be. Daniel Bryan versus Triple H at WrestleMania 30. Um, I can't think of any other memorable opening matches that were in this class. Like, this one had the mantle for years. And like I said, the only thing I can think of that would rival that would be that match at WrestleMania 30. But, so yeah, again, we're going to live commentate it later on. Uh, and we're going to talk about, like I said, Dark Side of the Ring. Uh, we're also... Let me remind you also where you can find us on these here interwebs. Of course, we're on Patreon, patreon.com slash Uh You can subscribe to some exclusive content for the nominal fee of $1.99. If you pay attention to our normal feed, though, we've been uploading all kinds of stuff. Nick's been on top of this stuff. Uh, uploading some classic episodes, including episode, episode, episode 100 last 100. week. Man. I, listen, I listened to it back, and I was cracking up like all the way through. It is... It's literally a classic, so a definitely go check show. that out. Yeah, <laughs> one of our I think one of our last in the Wildfire Radio Studios. Uh, if I yeah, it was. Correctly. it was. And this is like maybe June or July 2017, and yeah. we were just going in. It was me, you, the good brother Sawyer, Billy Matt. So we need to get back on the show eventually. Uh, yeah. I don't know why that happened, but Billy Matt and of course Brian Isley, the third man, who we haven't had on the show in ages. Brian, come back. Yeah, come on, man. Uh, um, Stop but, dogging me. <laughs> <laughs> but that show was very memorable. We also had episode 141 on there where we talked about the greatest WrestleMania performers of all time. And if you looked at the feed today, we also had uh, audio from Cody Rhodes' double or nothing conference call that he had with the wrestling media earlier today. So we recorded this on Thursday, May 21st. So earlier this day, he had the conference call to promote double or nothing, which is happening this weekend. I believe still at an undisclosed location. I don't know if that was discussed in the conference call, but where this is happening. Uh, you know what? I don't think it was, but I I think really the the overall feeling is that it'll just be at Daly's place. But uh, I, I don't remember it really being discussed on the call. Right. So, yeah, Daly's place in Jacksonville, which we're holding pretty much all their shows right now, yeah. obviously because of the quarantine. So, yeah, check us out. Check our feed out there. The Cody Rhodes press conferences. Or the press conference uh, that Nick was on. Nick recorded that earlier. And, of course, the classic episodes and all of the other episodes. You can find them also everywhere, you know, like I said, wherever podcasts are available. Spotify, um, Pandora's a big it's like one. It's like the WWE Network of podcasts, man. Got and it all. Apple Podcasts, of course, Google Play, Stitcher, the whole thing. Tune in. All those places, wherever you can find them, that's where we are. And you got archives. A mile long. <laughs> on so check it out. Uh, all those platforms that I mentioned just a moment ago. But we have to start the show. Like I said, we're going to talk about Owen Hart. And that's somber enough. 
But this is really, really somber because it's so recent and so fresh in our minds. we got to start the show off with uh, a rest in peace to Shad Gaspard, who was officially pronounced as dead, I believe, yesterday. I can look this up to make sure. But pretty much, uh, fortunately, he, well, he was on the beach and out in California with his son. Uh, Rip Current came in. And I guess, you know, they got caught up in rip current and lifeguards came out to try to rescue him and his son. He told the uh, lifeguards to make sure his son was safe before, you know, they rescued him, I believe. And in the midst of that, while they got the son out safe and he was good to go, uh, send your son. So thankful for that. But unfortunately, Shad got caught up in the rip current again. Another wave came in and it took him under and they were searching for him for a couple days, um, you know, up until they suspended the search, and then eventually he washed up ashore. Um, I believe, I believe it was Wednesday. I got looked into that. I'm still looking into that, but yeah, he washed up ashore. Regardless, the man These has passed on, and it's unfortunate uh, that he died. Not only did he die, but you know, he died a hero. Honestly, he died saving his son's life, and as a father. That's heavy, man. That's, you know, that's heavy, you know. And by all accounts, Shad was a good guy. Like every, I don't, I haven't heard a bad thing about the man even before his death. No one said anything bad about him that I remember. And uh, and obviously, when news of this broke, I believe what was it late, like earlier this week or something like that, and maybe late last week or something like that. And you hear the news, it's just like just like damn like hopefully everything's okay hopefully you know he, he he's good fortunately that was not the case uh like i said he did he his body was recovered wednesday and he was pronounced dead at the age of 39 um tragic it was tragic man not just the fact that he died but like how and all played out it's just heart- i put it on twitter it's heartbreaking it yeah. is heartbreaking for you know, forget wrestling fans. Obviously, we, you know, uh, wrestling fans and wrestlers love Chad, but his family, like his family now, his 10-year-old son, uh, you know, is not going to live without his father. Sure, he can admire his father and, and admire what he actually did, but, you know, sometimes that can turn into guilt, and hopefully that's not the case. Um, but, you know, he's, you know, he made the ultimate sacrifice here for his son, and that's, I mean, I don't know if any, everybody... We hope everybody would do that for their young, for their children. But human beings, you know, can be, you know, weird sometimes. But Shad, he was all about it, man, and he did it. And if there's anybody that deserves to rest in peace, it is Shad Gaspard. Yeah, and uh, you, you see all the outpouring of support for his family, and uh, you know the memories that you know other wrestlers have of Shad, even uh, if they haven't gotten to know him personally or uh professionally they still know about his reputation so that right there gives you a really good idea of who he was and uh how he interacted with people and and what people took from him uh like you said i haven't heard a bad word about him in as many years as he's been part of the wrestling business even dating back to you know when he was in crime time with jtg which one of my favorite tag teams of that era like what, 10, 10, over 10 years ago, 
um, that still holds up today. You know, you see a lot of wrestling fans say that was one of their favorite, you know, tag teams, one of their favorite acts on Monday Night Raw for the longest time. Um, a lot of people posting clips of, of their great moments they had on TV, and you, you just forget how good, you know, Shad was on TV along with JTG. And, and, um, and then my biggest memory of him was when he was watching Kofi Kingston win the title alongside MVP and, and their embrace it after that. That was um, one of the things where he, you don't realize how much it, it means until it actually happens. And then for me, being able to see that, you know, it was really awesome. And, uh, you know, I didn't even realize that Chad was still like a wrestling fan. You know, that was the first time I had seen him, you know, in the media in a while. And it was because Kofi Kingston won the title and him and MVP just embraced and, um, you know, I'll remember him for that and just how, how I can't imagine, you know, how long, you know, they've been fighting for a moment like that and then to finally see it happen. And, uh, in the fact that he wanted the lifeguards to take his son first, you know, it, it's a real life hero, a real life hero. And, uh, it's just a shame that, you know, that happened. And I, I I don't remember if it was Monday morning or, or Sunday, but I remember the first thing I, I woke up to seeing a tweet from one of somebody I follow about, um, you know, Shad being, uh, you know, not that, you know, they were, they were still hopeful he would be found, but, uh, you know, they were able to rescue his son or whatever. And I was just hoping and praying, but, you know, like, you know, a day or two later, you find out that, you know, it was just the worst nightmare that you could think of as, you know, a fan. And uh, I think a lot of people really understand now the gratitude of the situation. Just, uh, you know, rescue my son, and I'm sure his son recognizes that. I, I, I can't imagine how him or his family feels right now. But uh, just in that tragedy, you know, like I'm not ever going to compare my own tragedies to other people's. So I, I can't imagine how that could have happened uh, or, or how that could have made them feel. So it's just a shame and uh, hope he rests in peace. It's, uh, yeah. you know, it's, it's, it's tough, brutal. man. It's tough, man. And Shad uh, wasn't just a wrestler, obviously. He was also right. in movies as an actor. He was writing, he was, he was acting, he was doing stunts, stuff like that in the, some big movies. I'm just looking at his IMDb page right now, but like he was in Birds of Prey, the Harley Quinn movie. He was in uh, Think Like a Man 2, apparently he's in Black Panther, he's in Sharknado, you know, uh, the Sandy Wexler movie, I think, with the Adam Sandler movie, I think that was. Um, so he was he was really a, a working actor, uh, you know, in Hollywood, trying to make his name, make a name for himself, raising his family, being a good husband, being a good father, and something like that happens. I mean, that's just, it's just awful. It's just awful. And like I said, by all accounts, he was a great guy. He still wrestled from time to time, still on an independent JTG. They were supposed to be in the um, I don't know if you saw the uh, what's her name? Oh man, I can't remember her name off the top of my head. Uh, Faye Jackson, independent wrestler Faye Jackson. She was going to host the uh, the Gray Sweatpants Battle Royal, which I don't know if you saw that, but that was going to be like a big thing during WrestleMania weekend. And he was supposed, to, you know, him and JTG was going to be in that, and they. Shot a uh, a promo video for it. She even asked for it. Apparently, she said on Twitter like they, they just did it just to, it's just because just because you know there's being good guys about it. Like hey, we want to put this over. Like they, she didn't even ask them to do it. They just did it. So uh, uh, 
you know, by all accounts, like I said, good guy, good, and obviously great dad. I mean, he he's always posting about his son on social media, and then, I mean, that's always that's not a measurement of like you know good parenting, just but still, like it's nice to see. And then this happens, and he, you know, you know, died saving his son's life. You know, that's literally the ultimate sacrifice. You know. Yeah. Um, so yeah, said some things, and we'll get into it later on on heart. But some things are just not just as bigger than wrestling. This is life, and uh, it's not just a loss for uh, wrestling community, uh, but like I said, the Gaspar family, his you know his friends, JT. I, mean, I know JT. I'm gonna imagine what JTG is feeling right now. This is tag team partner for over a decade, um, and one of his best friends. So. That's tough, man. It's, it's it's tough to see. So, uh, I never met Chad personally or interviewed him or anything like that. But uh, it's nice to see that uh, a lot of people are giving him his flowers now that he's passed on. I mean, obviously you prefer you know people get their flowers while they're still alive. But uh, yeah, and I remember seeing things, you know, people talking about him uh, while he was still alive about how how great a person he was. So I I, I do take you know some happiness in that that there were people that did recognize um him and how good he was uh you know while he was still alive um but it just it just magnifies when something like this happens and uh so now you have like everybody kind of even cody you know had mentioned uh, on twitter that um he didn't get to know him personally but he did wrestle against him so he 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 just kind of knew you know what kind of person he was even without even knowing him personally. And that's when you really understand if, if you don't know somebody personally, but you kind of know their reputation um, and, and it's a good one, you kind of understand that that right. person's likely a good person. Right. That's, I saw that a couple of times too. It was like, Oh, I didn't know him personally. I didn't know him that well, but he treated me like he knew me for years. Like multiple yeah. people said that on Twitter. I think I want to say Cedric Alexander had a post like that. Was like, you know, I didn't know him like super well, but, the little I didn't know of him, know of know him, it was like he knew, like I was tight, like we were tight, like he was yeah. treated me with the utmost. So uh, we need more people like Chad and and yeah. on planet Earth, man. We, we one less good person out here. It's a loss, not just for wrestling or his family. It's a loss for the planet, man. Like we need we need more people like him uh, out here, yeah. spreading you know good good uh, good vibes and good feelings and. Spreading joy amongst people and being good fathers, being good husbands, being good people, and we don't we we just lost one, we lost a good one, you know. Uh, yes, you know, confirmed yesterday, but um, a couple of days ago when he um, was taken under by the, the rip current. So, uh, Shad Gaspard, rest in peace and condolences to the Gaspard family, his son, his wife. All the family, JTG, all of them, uh, everybody. Uh, uh, condolences in our heart, our hearts here at the Straight Shooters go out to all of you. Uh, I mean, I'm, I honestly, I couldn't even look at social media for like a day or two. I because every time it's just like people saying, "I hope everything's okay." It just, it just, it just right. hurt. It really hurt to see that happen, and especially the circumstances, man. It's that's tough. You know, it's real yeah. tough, and it's just another lesson to go. You know, this life we live. It's not promised. It's not guaranteed. So try your best. He, to he knew that. He knew that better than a lot of people because he would say that. 
too, yeah. like on his social media. So he uh, he lived his life, you know, like he he just understood uh, life. And uh, like you said, I wish we had more people like that on this planet right now. Try to live your life the best you can, obviously, right now. Yeah. It's tough, man. You can't do everything you want to do, but, uh, you know, take don't take it for granted. Let's just say that because yeah. there's a lot of stuff going on right now that uh, make you uh, feel like, you know, that make you appreciate life a little bit more. So, again, rest in peace to Shad and condolences to his family. Speaking of family... Talk about the Hart family. Like an awkward transition here to the Hart family and Dark Side of the Ring, which aired yesterday. Mm-hmm. As airs again, we're air- this we're recording this on Thursday, May twenty first. Dark Side of the Ring actually airs on Tuesday, two, so two days ago. Uh, I should say I watched it yesterday, but um, it aired. It that was tough to watch as well, especially yeah. you know. Given the news of Shad being, you know, you know, at that point we didn't know for certain, but didn't look great uh, at that point. You know, the Shad news, and then here, watching Owen Hart stuff, and it's just like, man, this is tough as well because this was the, you know, most tragic accident in wrestling history. You know, that played out on live television. So, um, so watch that and. Dark Side of the Ring, I love watching those. Those are generally re- very good. I thought this one was, I mean, great from the standpoint that they got the Hart families, not look like Bret Hart, all those. I'm talking about Martha Hart and his sons, o- and his son Oge and his daughter. I, I can't remember his daughter's name off the top of my head. I think it's um, ooh, something with an A. But either way, his daughter as well, getting their perspective and their feelings because I think that people knew it over the years. How Martha Hart felt about the wrestling business, but to hear it from her own mouth was, I think, the most powerful aspect of the whole documentary. It wasn't just information about how he died and whatnot. Like we already knew how, and unfortunately, oh, Athena Hart. I'm sorry, I knew someone today. Athena Hart. But, uh, but we already knew how he had passed away. It was tragic it was terrible but to really when you hear it from martha hart who she hasn't done a bunch of interviews over the years i know she was on chris jericho's podcast recently i did not actually listen to that but to hear her speak it it has way more gravity way more weight and i appreciated that at least uh my eyes uh what were your thoughts about the documentary just offhand yeah uh being someone i I haven't had a chance to listen to the talk as jericho podcast yet either but but i definitely will and uh did not uh read her book yet and uh so this was the first time i had a chance to really kind of sit there and and take in everything from from her and her family side you know and or, you know her children and um it was really i don't want to say eye-opening for me because i in the back of my mind i always thought you know there's a reason why there there seems to be a rift with her and, and Owen's, you know, family. And, uh, you know, I, I didn't blame her at, at all for what she did because, you know, that's his wife. And, you know, when, when you're married and like, you have a special bond with, you know, your, your wife and husband that maybe your family doesn't really understand, you know, your brothers don't really understand. Brett 
art never really understood. And um, you, you got a glimpse of, of that. Like Owen wasn't as in love with wrestling as, you know, Bret Hart was, or maybe other members of the Hart family were. Owen was, was his own man and his, really his goal in life was to retire early, spend time with his family. You know, we don't really hear those stories too much uh, from anyone other than Martha. And uh, she's the one that would know, you know, we saw some home video footage of him even saying these things, you know, like he, he, you could tell he was upset when he was getting ready to go on the road um, because he didn't want to leave his family. You know, Uh, that type of stuff was, was kind of like, man, it, it really hammered home the point that Owen Hart, was a family man more than anything else and um really deep respect for what martha hart ha- has done um because it can't be hard it, it can't be easy being a target after your husband died the way he did you know like it, she almost became a target for for people and it's just not right uh and you know, I just didn't I didn't understand the gravity of the situation until I got older, because when it happened, it was in 1999. And then I'm in high school. You know, I'm a freshman. I'm just kind of like getting to understand what life's about in a way, you know, um, and I loved wrestling at the time. So I'm believing every single thing that's told to me, um, even though I understand it's a going to quote fake business. But um you know, the real aspect of it, I always bought in, you know, and the funeral and hearing that WWF paid for the funeral or whatever. I'm like, okay, but apparently that wasn't true. I, I had read something that Martha Hart said that wasn't true when she was on Chris Jericho's podcast. So, you know, when I listen to that, we'll, we'll hear that. But, you know, just you could tell that she's been through so much and the very, you know, right after Owen died, she had to make a decision if, you know, let her whole family kind of crumble or build a life for her and her children that Owen would have wanted them, would have wanted to see them, you know, live. And uh, so I can't imagine just being in that position. And um, so it was a really rough watch. I didn't think they would be able to include too many things in an hour, in an hour to make it seem important enough as appointment viewing but they did they did they they talked the last 20 30 minutes about you know after owen's death and you know what martha was going through what her children were going through first time i saw loge um you know i don't know if there's pictures out on the internet of him or, or whatever but that was the first time i saw him growing up and i could not believe how similar he looked to owen hart i just it was crazy um, you know, I, at first I was like, wait, is that Owen? You know, it was one of those things like, well, what's, what's Owen doing, you know? Um, and just, you know, when, when Martha was going through some of her things and she brought out the buckle, that the whole, the whole the buckle that was supposed to, yeah, the clip that was supposed to, like, that was the only thing supposed to be holding Owen. And that's when, uh, I was just like, wow, there's like, there's no way you can give, benefit of the doubt here to anyone um that it was just an accident and no one was uh you know uh like nobody was careful enough and it was was negligence there's a lot of negligence yeah yeah. and uh seeing that clip seeing that clip just hammered it home or uh, i don't know if there was any you know maybe she described it before but that was the first time i saw just how small that was 
and uh, it was just crazy. And it's not it even was... the size; it's that it, it can release super fast. Like yeah, you know, yeah. when you put a little bit of pressure on it, it's just poof, and that's it. And yeah. that was the striking thing: is just how easy it was just for it to just release, and that's it. And, and, and terrible, terrible. I mean, angle. You know, they went up and yeah, took a yeah. picture of the angle and everything. And they showed the blood it. on the mat. That was yeah. that was. What I didn't even think. I didn't even think about how the mat would look, you know. Like, and they showed. I was like, "Damn! Like that's wild," you know. And it just wrestled right after that, you know. You forget about like, we know that, but hearing it back again, it's just like, how do they do? How? How did anyone yeah. go out there after knowing during the show that Owen had passed away? Like, I mean, obviously, people like Steve Austin and Undertaker, they got a job to do. They're gonna do it, but like. How does the show go on after that? How is it not called the moment they find out? Go, you know, uh, sorry, folks, but we had a tragedy here and we got to go home. Like, I don't know know how that happened. I don't want to speculate that it's like they were in the height of the Monday Night War and they they didn't want to do anything because how would it look compared to WCW if that were to happen? Like, it would make them look bad. But it, it made you look worse. Maybe that, was, maybe that was part of it. It made him look worse by continuing on with the show. Yes, but, yes uh, I completely agree with that. The thing that struck me was after, I mean, because obviously we we both we knew for years that Martha Hart was not going to let WWE profit off of in any way off of Owen's likeness. It's, you know, it's for, from her standpoint. Now they did do the DVD a couple years ago, the Owen Hart DVD. I don't know how that got cleared or who, you know, who that went through or whatnot, but that did happen. So they got profited off of that in some way. But Martha Hart, this has been known for years, is that she does not want Owen Hart to be inducted to the WWE Hall of Fame because for, for obviously her, her husband, even before this documentary, and obviously when you're younger, at least for me, when I'm younger and I'm just inundated, I'm in that wrestling bubble you know that why like her husband passed away in the wwe ring by accident terrible accident and she's protecting her husband's legacy for the, the older i get and then i watch this documentary too right it's both things it's like you get older you get a little wiser then you and then i watch the documentary and it's like oh it's deeper than just protecting like it's like wwe is at fault they're legally at fault for his death that's been proven in the court of law. She went a wrongful, or she settled out of court. They settled out of court with her on a wrongful death death lawsuit for, I think she said it was 18 million. Yeah. Which is breaking open the bag there. Uh, you know, yeah. not a great bag, not a you know, not a good will bag, like her feelings bag, but 18 million. I can imagine what she could, what she could have got if they went to court. What she said, it wasn't really about the money. Just about you know holding people accountable, which I can understand. But like, how? Who, what realm of the universe would? How would it make sense for her to say, okay, WWE, you can put my husband in the Hall of Fame and sell tickets to this event and sell his merchant, sell merchandise and all this stuff and that? What? No, this is her husband we're talking about. This yeah. is the man of the love of her life, the father of her two children, who for the last 21 years have had to live without their father. And for her, without... I don't know if she's remarried or anything like that, but without the husband, the person she wanted to be with for the rest of her life 21 years ago, that was the person. 
and that man is gone. And she was with him for like half her life or something like that. So that's ridiculous. Like I could fully understand why. I know some people are like, oh, just let them in. We want to celebrate, you know, uh, the, you know, celebrate his legacy, celebrate his career. We we just want to just time this. And Bret Hart feels that way. And I don't really blame Bret Hart feeling that way because that's his brother, and he grew up with that man, and he. You know, he wants his brother to have his time, you know, his 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 moment in the sun, so to speak. He wants his brother to have his time to be celebrated. And I understand that from Bret Hart's standpoint, I understand that because that's his that's his baby brother. And that means a lot to him. Right. And I, now, like I, said, I understand where Bret's coming from. But from a fan standpoint, come on, bro. We got what. Owen was not relative to us. We were just fans. We just watched him. We just admired him from afar. Whereas Bret Hart grew up in the same house with this man and, you know, traveled up and down roads with this man and, you know, went to school with the pipes, stuck up for each other at school and all this other stuff, man. Like that, that's, of course, brotherly sibling bond that they had. But if you're a fan, you cannot blame Martha Hart one iota. We're not letting Owen Hart being in the WWE Hall of Fame. What is he going to change in our lives, really, if w- if Owen Hart is inducted into the WWE Hall of Fame? Who gives a damn, right? It doesn't make Bret Hart less of a legend that he's not in. It won't really make him more of a legend if he gets in. He's still a legend. He's still obviously worthy. Obviously, Owen Hart, I think, ideally, Owen Hart would be in because he's worthy. But he, it's not up to me. It's not up to Bret Hart. It's not up to Vince McMahon even. It's up to Martha Hart. And that's all that matters. And, she, and for her, 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 what she says goes beyond just legalities of she controls this estate. It's like, yeah, you know what? She should have say over that. That was her husband. She has so many feelings and so many emotions about this. She's allowed to still hold that against WWE. She's allowed to do that. I know some people are going to stop being bitter. It's been 21 years. Are you crazy? No, 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 no. She is allowed to say in her right mind, I don't want this company that was responsible for my husband's death, right or wrong. WWE was legally responsible for this. You say set it out of court. They wouldn't have set it out of court if they didn't feel some type of way that they felt responsible. They didn't get the right rigors and it cost this man his life, all because they wanted him to get out of the rig you know, in a smoother fashion than he had to get gotten out of it prior to that night. Um, this, she has every right to say, I don't want them to profit off my husband. You don't, you took him away from me. Well, I'm keeping him and his legacy away from you. And it's not like, a, to me, I know some people call that bitterness and people say bitterness is like a negative thing. It, it so, uh, You could say, if it, I don't think it's really fully bitterness but even if it is being bitter, that don't mean it's a bad thing either. I don't look at being bitter as always a bad thing. Sometimes that's an emotion. You're allowed to feel that way, especially in this case. You know, you, you're allowed to be angry or emotional or feel type of way or even just a sound of mind decision of saying, I don't want you to have this. It doesn't even have to have emotions behind it. You don't say you don't deserve this point blank. And if you're a fan and you disagree with Martha, Martha's decision, you feel some type of way about it? Well, we we you need to have some you need to evaluate some things in your life, because this is deeper than let's just say deeper than rap. This is deeper than wrestling. 
This is all you want her to go against this thing for 21 years of her, her husband's death. Remember, this is her husband's death and the father of her children. So you can sit your ass in this arena a year or two from now, because it's not, or two or three years from now, because it's not happening in 2021 probably because of COVID 19. But you want to sit your mark ass in that arena with your Bullet Club t shirt on at a WWE <laughs> Hall of Fame ceremony or your AEW shirt on. At a WWE Hall of Fame ceremony, so you can chant Owen Hart, Owen Hart, and you can chant, you can talk over everybody, chant over everybody who's trying to talk and give their speeches and whatnot. Just so you can see a video package and chant his name for a couple hours, and you go like, no, that's not, that's not worth it. That's not worth it. It's bigger than us. It's way deeper than just us as fans wanting to say, yay, good for Owen Hart. We can say that anyway. You can celebrate the man's life in so many ways. The WWE Hall of Fame is not a requirement. Sorry. And by the way, WWE Hall of Fame, who cares about that? It's an imaginary Hall of Fame. <laughs> but who cares? There's no brick and mortar building. There's no uh, voting process. It's just who w- who Vince McMahon wants in at that time, point in time. Who are they on good terms with? And then they you know, get him a Legends deal, whatever. Who can we sell tickets with, too? Because... It's not a secret how they book out the Hall of Fame. They book it like it's a match card. They have their main event person. They have their, I guess, their semi-main event person. They have their big-name women's performer, their big-name tag team performer, um, a legendary, like an old-timer from back in the day who they probably only had black-and-white photos and black-and-white footage of. And that's pretty much how they build out that poster, you know, and that graphic of the WWE Hall of Fame every year. It's like one headliner that they can sell a lot of tickets around, a semi-person like that, big female, big you know, female performer, big tag team, uh, you know, act. Off we go. So it's not even like it's a promotional tool. It's a way to sell merchandise. It's a way to sell tickets during WrestleMania weekend. Instead of just selling tickets to one event, well, we can sell tickets to two. And then, that, of course, that's expanded to NXT, Raw, and SmackDown. It's just another part of it's just another event for WrestleMania weekend. It's not a real honor and distinction by the way, sidetrack, the Warrior Award, the WWE Hall of Fame, let's rename that the Shad Gaspard Award because he's a real hero, right? Or at the very least, he should be given the award at the next WWE Hall of Fame ceremony posthumously because there ain't no bigger hero than what Shad just did earlier this week, damn it. So either rename it the Shad Award or at least give it to him. Hell, you do both. Give it to him and rename it after him. That's that's just my sidetrack for that. But come on, WWE Hall of Fame. I don't even watch WWE Hall of Fame. Honestly, I haven't watched it in like three years because, and it's no disrespect to the people that get inducted. I'm happy for them. I know it means a lot to those people who get inducted for the sec- some people the second and third time, but it's not even fun to watch. <laughs> like it's not even fun to watch anymore. And you know it's going to have it's a long-ass night. It means virtually very little, really, in the grand scheme of things. And and, and, and I'm talking about grand scheme of things. I'm talking about, like, in the world, not just wrestling. Obviously, it's a big honor within wrestling. But this is, again, bigger than wrestling. We get outside that bubble that we always talk about, that wrestling bubble. Oh, you know, we get stuck in that. It's like, oh, but we just – these are the same people, I think, that also want Chris Benoit to be in the Hall of Fame, which you got to be out your rabbit-ass mind to think – Chris Benoit is going to be in the WWE Hall of Fame. That's one where you can't blame WWE. You can't blame anybody for not putting them in there. I think WWE is making the right decision and not putting them in there 
for a number of reasons why he shouldn't be in. But these same people, because he was a great worker, he should think he should be in. Are you crazy? And the same thing with Owen Hart. Yeah, he was a great worker. He deserves to be in. But his wife, who lost her husband in a WWE ring due to negligence from WWE, does not want WWE to, to profit off this man. To say if you want to celebrate him, his Owen Hart found the foundation, you know. And by the way, his family don't need the money that WWE can provide by get, putting him in the Hall of Fame. Obviously, when you get in the Hall of Fame, you get that. You know, I'm sure you get the Legends contract or whatever, where you get to cut of the royalties because the shirts they sell, the tickets they sell, or you know, he might get in a video game, he might get a cut of that. Who knows? But Martha Hart is a professor at the University of Calgary. Oge is being a uh, he's a human rights lawyer, I believe. And Athena is. Said they said she graduated with a journalism degree. I don't know how much because journalism we don't make a ton of money in journalism, but it's a nice career and it doesn't seem like they're hurting for money, honestly. Uh, so they don't they don't need it. They don't need it. There's no closure involved. There's no let's honor our, you know our dad or my husband. They, he's honored. He's he's been honored by all of us as fans. We can watch his matches. We're like we're gonna watch tonight. On the, on the straight shooters later on tonight with, with a lot of commentary of um, WrestleMania 10. Uh, you know, you can honor him in so many ways. You don't have to do it with WWE Hall of Fame. And you cannot. I, I can't. I couldn't imagine living life and having ill will towards Martha for that. I just can't. And I understand, I think Mark Henry's a guy that's a proponent of, oh, we should make it happen. But who cares, bro? Who cares? Like I said, the only one that's allowed to even remotely care to me, and this is my opinion, is Bret Hart. Because that's his brother, and I can understand that he wants his little brother to have his time. He grew up with that man. But if you're a Mark Herney or anyone else, man, it's not that big of a deal. It's really not that important. That's a Hart family issue that they had to deal with. That's really, honestly, besides the fact that we did, that there's a documentary about it on Dark Side of the Ring, it really ain't none of our business. It's not for us to decide. It's not for us to really worry about or express feelings about, or have feelings about. It's just, hey man, it's not up to us. Owen Hart, he was a legend. He is among the greatest of all time. All you do is watch his matches from any point of his career, and you see a whole bunch of guys have taken a page out of his playbook today. Namely, God by the name of Daniel Bryan has taken multiple things from Owen Hart. You can tell who, you know, Owen Hart and William Regal are two big inspirations to Daniel Bryan. You can't tell me any different. And all you got to do is watch these guys today and you'll see Owen Hart and a lot of these guys. So he's a pioneer for high flyers, especially. He's one of, just, he's one of the great people inside of wrestling. You, you know, here, according to wrestlers, he's a great ribber. He's just a positive guy, positive attitude. And, of course, he's a great father, a great husband. All these great things. He, we can honor him in so many other ways. WWE Hall of Fame is not one of them. Get it out. Get it. I don't care. I don't even watch the damn thing. Get it out. It doesn't matter. And if you're a wrestling fan that disagrees or has some some feelings towards Martha Hart, bruh, get it together. That's a that's a woman that's probably still grieving 21 years later about the fact that her husband fell from a damn ceiling in Kansas City back in 1999. Get it together. And two kids who lost on a father. For 21 years. You don't have the opportunity to honor this man. Well, they don't have the person, the man that you're trying to honor. They haven't had it for 21 years. I'm done. 
I've talked for a long time. I was about to say, this is uh, the Vaughn. I think that's the longest I've heard you talk about a specific subject without interruption. Uh, you feel very passionate about this. And, you, you know, I don't think anyone with the right sense of mind would have um, a reason to disagree with anything you said. Um, you know, I had mentioned earlier this week, selfishly, I've always wanted to see him go in because I wanted to, you know, see that um, maybe in the back of my mind, I wanted to see, you know, his uh, Owen's family, um, his wife and kids and his brothers and everything like come together. And, you know, maybe in my mind, I was like, that would be cool to see like, so, like them make up or whatever, because I know it was a very public, you know, uh, the back and forth, it became public after a while. Um, but then, it's, it's, you know, the last few years, I'm like, well, I don't know. Like, is it the right thing to do? Is it, is it in poor taste? And then just this past week kind of cemented it for me. Um, and maybe it should have been cemented long before this week. Um, but it finally took me this week to just sit back and be like, man, Martha and her kids do not owe us anything. Nope. He, she is not trying to trying to ignore his wrestling career. He's been inducted into other Hall of Fames. It has nothing to do with her hating wrestling. It has everything to do with her holding the company that killed her husband responsible. And how can you how can you fault her for that? How can you sit there i mean obviously I, I honestly think it's these people that haven't experienced a loss like that in their life they don't understand how to process that and she's been very forthcoming like this is why it's not going to happen like wwe doesn't deserve that and his son man he's right there with her and that's really cool to see like you know, you don't see like a split there because when he grew up, he might have just been like, you know, like, come on, mom, why not? And maybe he had some people in his ear, Uncle Brett, maybe in his ear a little bit like, hey, come on. Can you can you talk to your mom and kind of convince her to let WWE induct Owen and all that? I'm sure that's been going on. That's just kind of how people are, I think, in in the grand scheme of things. And even if Brett, even if you don't blame him for wanting Owen to have his you know, spotlight. It's funny to me because Brett's whole life seemed to be about wrestling. And now it's like, not, um, it wasn't Owen's life, you know? So what Owen would have wanted, it's not always what Brett would have wanted. So, um, to, to me, I just think it's one of those things where I don't like you, you understand where Brett's coming from. I still think it's kind of like a, a little selfish on his part. I mean, it, it is, but I, I'm empathetic to him because he he lost somebody too, you know? Yeah. He lost somebody too. So, I, I like I said, I get it from the standpoint that he wants, you know, he wants his brother to be on that pedestal. And I, like I said, I understand it from his standpoint, only his standpoint, and only the Hart family standpoint if they want that to be the case. I understand that they lost someone too, and they want that someone to have that moment. But, I, you can't force Martha to just get over it. She doesn't right. have to do nothing. Like you said, right. you said it. They don't owe us or anybody else anything. You know, because again, what does it really think about it? Really wrap your head around it. 
as much as they, you know, the Hart family might want Owen to be honored, or the, the wrestling fans might want Owen to be honored by being inducted into the WWE Hall of Fame, what does it mean? Like, what will it? Will our, will our lives dramatically change from it? Will Owen's legacy be enhanced, suddenly enhanced from it? Like, when Macho Man was inducted to the WWE Hall of Fame, did he become more of a legend? No. no he's already no. a legend. He's already an icon. People still know who Macho Man Randy Savage was. They don't care that he's a WWE Hall it's, of Famer. It's, it's for a nickname. Hall of Famer Randy well, Savage. Who if says we, that when it comes to Randy Savage? I know. I'm just saying. Randy it's, Savage well, transcends that. Right, and uh, you you will hear people say, especially on WWE programming, you'll be like, uh, WWE Hall of Famer Randy Savage, WWE Hall of Famer this guy, WWE Hall oh, of yeah. Famer that girl. So they always add that in, and that's where I think it comes from. It's like it's now kind of just a nickname on WWE right. TV. Yes, they get a ring. Yes, they get a plaque. Yes, it's an important moment in their lives. You said it, that it is important to, to some people. And maybe it's more important to some than others. Um, Bret Hart would be one of those guys where it's very important to it in his mind. Like he wanted to be recognized as one of the greats. And I think he was, I don't think he needed a WWE hall of fame induction to say that to, to, to fans, but because it's such a marketing tool and all that, because it gives you that nickname hall of famer, it, I, I think that also adds to well i want to be called a hall of famer you know because of what i did for the business and brett has kind of every right to feel that way because he was one of the greats um but when it when it comes to owen i just like that's uh, it's different because owen was so good at what he did he's already a hall of famer so you got you gotta like if you're brett yes i lost my brother but martha lost her husband and i think that's where, like, it, it's really, really hard. And I'm not going to try to um, compare losing a brother to losing a husband um, because that's just not fair to either of them. Um, they both suffered the same loss and, you know, they both grieved. But um, I just I don't see it as meaning as much to Owen posthumously as it does to Bret Hart, if that makes sense. Based on what Martha said, Martha knows Owen. She might even know him a lot better than Brett, even though they were brothers and even though they grew up together. You know, a lot of times husbands and wives know more about each other than other family members. So that's why you got to trust Martha here and trust her judgment. It's not even trust her judgment. Just just rock with it. Just <laughs> just go with it because she I mean, she deserves she earned the right to have that decision to make the decision. Um, like and again, Bret Hart going into the Hall of Fame twice, because he, he went in with the Hart Foundation, right? Too, you know, like did it, that's did even make, did it enhance thing. his career? No, no. no. Like and they say, like two-time Hall of Famer, like like it means something more it than it. Silly. Like two-timers, like a champion or something, but not a Hall of Famer. I understand that, like. You want to put in the tag team along with the individual performer. I get it. It just sounds weird, though, to say two-time Hall of Famer. He's a Hall of Famer. <laughs> like, you don't get twice. Like, it just doesn't make any sense. Like, Jim Bidehart like, could have went in even without Bret Hart. You know, maybe that would... That's fair, but I don't understand putting in tag teams as a unit. I get that. 
but just to call somebody a two-time Hall of Famer, because Booker T is technically now a two-time Hall of Famer. He, he's Harlem Heat and himself, which is, again, sounds weird, but <laughs> it just takes away from the legitimacy of it. You, you know, awesome. is, is Michael Jordan a multi-time Hall of Famer? Does he are the 96 Bulls who won 72 games, that whole team in the Hall of Fame? And Michael Jordan's in with the like, no, no, it's just he's just in the Hall of Fame. But, um, yeah, if you yeah, just just for me. That's the issue. This is the issue that the Hart family has to figure out. And maybe they don't have to figure it out. Maybe Martha's like, I don't care, you know, whatever. But, like, that's family business. Uh, I would, you know, if, if nothing else came out of this, I would hope that the Hart family would just get on the same page and just be uh, more of a unified front in that circumstance, you know, in this circumstance. Uh, regardless of what's happened, like, regardless of the circumstances, you don't like to see family squabble. At least I don't like to see that. Uh, especially one as as well known as the Hart family, and so many of them, and you know, they're a famous family that's you know celebrated and, and hailed, you know, across Canada especially. Uh, you would prefer the day were on the same page with all of this, but it doesn't seem like they are. But you know, that stuff happens sometimes too. You know, sometimes family family beef is you know you beef with your family more than you beef with you know anybody else. True. And that, that sucks too. So. Uh, at the end of the day, like I said, to wrap it up, it's all up to Martha Hart, man. If she wants one day decides, okay, let it happen, so be it. But until then, leave it alone, wrestling fans. Leave it. Uh, you alone. know, you know that day, if that day ever comes, they'll pounce on her just as much. They'll be like, oh, she's a sellout. The same people that are calling around now for not letting. Owen get inducted are going to be saying she's a sellout because that's wrestling fans, man. That's why sometimes I, I hate being called a wrestling fan, but man, it's going to happen. They make us look bad. Yeah. <laughs> you, you read about that. Yep. They do make us look bad as wrestling fans, but we got like you said, up. I'll rock with Martha. If she, if she d- decides that, Hey, this is, this is a good thing. Then she's the one that gets to decide that. And right. You know, you can. I guess anyone can have an opinion, but you know, it, it's it's a shame that you know she's had to deal with so much crap. You know, being sued by WWE to begin with, like Trash. that's ridiculous. So. Trash. Uh, we also, uh, I guess, moving on to our live commentary for tonight, Owen Hart theme as well. Uh, like like we said earlier, we're gonna live commentate his WrestleMania 10 classic against Bret Hart. We. Uh, looking about uh, so much in the last couple minutes, but um, we're at the 10. If you want to watch along with us, we got it up on the WWE Network. We're at the 10 minute 12 second mark. Again, this is the opening match of WrestleMania 10. They had like festivities. Little Richard, who also rest in peace, uh, died recently. Uh, the king, the real king of rock and roll. Damn it, um, the innovator of rock and roll. Uh, he sung, I believe, "America's Beautiful" for this show. Uh, before the show, so they had all the festivities and you know, 10th anniversary or 10th WrestleMania. I keep saying 10th anniversary, it's not the 10th anniversary. <laughs> they and got they, you, man. They, 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 right, <laughs> they, I don't think they even said it on the show that it was a 10th anniversary. No, uh, well, I know the whole tagline was 10 years in the making, so at least they got it right for the for WrestleMania 10. It was always did, 10 years in the making, right? They did it for 10 and 20, they they had it right, yeah. it was like 20 years in the making, or whatever. But then WrestleMania 25, for whatever reason, they kept calling it the 25th anniversary. It's like, y'all don't understand what anniversary means. See, I think like, even if they said oh. 25 year anniversary, it would have been technically correct. 
Uh, if I just say 25th anniversary, 25-year anniversary would have been correct. I think you're right about that. I'm not totally sure. Either way, just stay away from You don't have to mention anniversary. You don't have to mention uh, it. Marketing, man. You talk about the Hall of Fame. That's another marketing thing where marketing. I, don't know, I don't know if they sold tickets based on an anniversary. but No, but you're also marketing wrongness. <laughs> is, I don't, is that a word even? Wrongness? You're, it is you're, marketing, you're marketing inaccuracy. That's a better word for yeah. it. That's what you're marketing. And, and I do remember, what was this? Uh, what was that? 20, 2010, 2009 or something like that? Yeah. So Twitter wasn't really popular yet. Uh, Facebook was, was out there. Um, maybe in the message boards, they were making fun of like WWE calling it the 25th anniversary and they were like it's wrong it's wrong it's wrong and i'm like i wonder if they'll change it i wonder if they cha- they'll nope. change it they never did it's still that way to yeah. this day the logo yeah. still has 25th anniversary on it yeah. which is embarrassing wwe get it together man it is they haven't done that since then. they didn't do it for 30 they didn't do it for 35 so they, they've learned their lesson from that they didn't say the 30th anniversary of like no it's just 30 well then and all of a sudden man began thinking putting numbers on them made it sound too old so sure. he didn't for 35 he didn't do anything for 35 he did 30 and i imagine he might do 40 but 36 through 39 nothing 30 i think was technically hollywood again yeah if anything could be wrestlemania hollywood 2 because they did hollywood for la yeah. in 2021 yeah. i it was all WrestleMania against Hollywood, and now they're using it again. You can't use it twice. Come on. If you put a number behind it, I guess you could. Uh, okay. Before we get started here, anything else you've been watching this week at all? <sighs> you got double or nothing this weekend. I mentioned a couple weeks ago the Big Show show on Netflix. Did you start that yet? I have not. <laughs> I think it would be nice for you and your daughter. She Maybe she'll find it funny. Um, and it's not like terrible it's just so cliche and uh you know i would only like i mentioned before like you know there's too it's too quick you know the dialogue's too quick in, in that show um because you, you always everyone's always a setup it's a setup it's a setup like you, it's just way too quick but the big show is kind of funny in there but you know he's like the the sitcom dad so um i only i, I still have it the last time we talked about this a few weeks ago, I just put it on today actually to, to watch some, but then I had to stop just because like I have ADD, and then I decided to go to on YouTube and watch some Live Wire episodes when <laughs> Sid was on there and Triple H back in '96, uh, the best show they ever had, and that was one of the funniest things that I had posted a video on our Twitter at Shooters Radio of our 100th episode where Bill and I were talking about Livewire. <laughs> you, Brian, and Sawyer were talking about something else. And uh, you just stop and start making fun of me and Bill. And it's just hilarious. That was I, a good man. show. Go back. Yeah, you know what I did it. also last night? There's a Mania episode on Daily Motion from 1995 from before the first In Your House when they gave away the house. Todd Pettengill and Stephanie Wyan went to the house and they were showing us the house on Mania. That's up there. And then there's a, the Superstars episode from that uh, weekend on there too. So I might go watch them after uh, we we get done this. Okay. <laughs> I think that's the, 
as good as time as any to say, hey, let's watch something really good, something actually good. WrestleMania 10, Owen Hart versus Bret Hart. In the opening match of the 10th annual, not the 10th anniversary, but the 10th annual there WrestleMania. You there you go. Uh, are you ready to go, sir? I'm ready. Right, we're going to do it. Three, two, one, hit it. All right. Let me turn my volume down a little bit more. They don't say making their way down the aisle anymore. No. Which, I mean, I guess it doesn't have, you don't have to, but it's just nothing you just don't do anymore with Farthing announcers. There he is, the rocket. Oh, he uh, hurt his knee before this. Oh. The Rocket. That's a cool nickname. Yeah. He was the man. He was the man. His music was quite jaunty, though. <laughs> bam, bam, ba-dam, bam. I was always like, why are you wearing those glasses? They're Brett's. His music wasn't very villainous. It's not like <laughs> something like white people would dance to terribly. <laughs> yeah. You know, I'm sitting there jamming out. <laughs> no offense to the white listeners, obviously. <laughs> he kept this uh, music, didn't he? He kept it for a while, yeah. Oh, tore up the glasses. Oh, no, I didn't have a part. But he kept, yeah. I'll, I'll, my favorite is always when, um, wasn't like 98, he was, enough is enough! Yeah. <laughs> the music played after that. I like that music. But, um, oh, here it comes. WrestleMania 10, man. 4 p.m. start of the day. Which is wild, right? 4 p.m. start for WrestleMania? I remember I was playing outside and my mom was like, WrestleMania is coming on. I'm like, aww. <laughs> you get your ass outside. Like, it's WrestleMania. I gotta go. That sounds odd to hear that, like, hey, WrestleMania is coming on. Like, oh, yeah. Like, I feel like when I watch WrestleMania, like, to this day, I'm like, that's when I'm watching that day. I'm not doing a bunch of other stuff, other stuff that day. When I was a kid, though, oh, I definitely would have been outside playing. And none of my neighborhood friends were, like, wrestling fans, so they're like, where are you going? And I'm like, wrestling fans. I'm like, you're not invited. <laughs> <laughs> I, always, I never liked watching wrestling with people. You know, I, I'd rather, because I guess people were too, uh, I, I didn't want them to judge me. <laughs> I don't mind. It's always cool to watch it with other people, and, and he breaks the opposite of all when he, he puts the glasses on the kids. Still, how many kids are in the front row at the show? <laughs> yeah, a lot of kids. Like <laughs> his glasses are way too big for his face. Yeah. But like, I don't know. I like watching wrestling with other people. Uh, it's just like sort of being in the building almost. You got a couple other people around. Yeah, I would rather watch it with people that actually like it than like. You know, yeah. just to hang out with people but who just want something to do. There is something to watching with people who don't watch wrestling normally, and they kind of see things from a different perspective. I like having a different perspective. I was just tired of, like, you know, this is fake, right? And it's like, well, just, yeah, well, yeah. You know, don't a lot even of family bother. That, you know, friends that I didn't, like, I play with outside, you know, play street hockey and baseball, but 
you know, when it came to wrestling, they'd be like, why do you watch that stupid stuff? And I'm like, why do you watch that? And they was watching, they was watching a couple years later, 98, though. Suckers. Every single person. I did have a cool Bret Hart shirt back in the day, too. Word a lot. <laughs> Look at Owen. I love Owen. He's like 2 and 0 right now. <laughs> right. He, he he does one good thing. He's like, yeah! <laughs> he was a great heel, man. He's supposed to be a, like a like like I said in, in real life, really like really nice guy, but he was a great villain. Plus, like it's man. funny how that works. Like he was so believable as a jealous little brother because we people a lot of people can relate to that, especially or not just the jealous little brother, but the the brother and your your you're the the, the brother and your big your other brother's shadow, right? Yeah. Living yeah. in his shadow as he's super famous and big time, and you're trying to get from underneath his shadow. So it's very relatable, but he just played the role so damn well. Yeah. It's oh. funny because uh, I didn't realize that at the time that he was the youngest. Oh, yeah. You know, and, and then, um, you know, everyone's saying like how much of a prodigy he was. Oh, there it is. Big slap to and the he, face. He might, he might have became the best wrestler in that family. It definitely is better than Smith and Bruce and all the rest of them. <laughs> no slapping allowed. Um, you can't punch and slap. What can you do? I always wondered why they had the black and yellow ropes here. <laughs> I never wanted that. Nor did I ever care. Yeah, yeah I didn't know I was going to bring that up. Of course. I'm surprised you didn't bring up the gold uh, guardrails. Oh. See? See? I didn't no, even know. I, stuff. <laughs> I know WrestleMania 9, they had the black and gold ropes, but it made sense. They were in Vegas. And it makes sense for WrestleMania 10, though. Look at that one go. To me, the wrestling is really good, but the story is what makes it better. And, and, and oh, yeah. I'm, I'm sure we we'll talked about this. It's when he breaks his face. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah but we talked was... about this before where, of course, Owen wins the match. Spoiler. But at the end <laughs> of the night, when Brett wins the title and everybody's he's hoisted up on everyone's shoulders, you see Owen in the aisle way. Looking at Brett, like I can't believe he just won. Like he's, you know, even when I win and it's my time in the spotlight, Brett somehow still steals my spotlight by becoming the champion. <laughs> like, like I felt for Owen in that second moment. It's like, damn, like, even I still can't get the spotlight. <laughs> but of course, that set up the, you know, the future, you know, title match that we have where Owen win kings of the, when he wins king of the ring. Uh, which we have... Have we talked about King of the Ring on here before? 94? Yeah. yeah. Well, Owen Hart winning and Art Donovan was on commentary. Yeah. <laughs> we he, have uh, that on our Patreon. The finals. The finals. Okay, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, he won King of the Ring and then he went to SummerSlam to, and faced Brett in the cage match. Which I think we talked about that, too. Yeah. We have both of them. Yeah. 
I'm so surprised was, we did those uh, before we did this match, but right, yeah, we have a lot of good content, and I want to make up for a lot of it. <laughs> oh man, so good. Like I said this feud in general. I also, he, he, look, he looks so more, much more believable as a wrestler right here than he did with his high energy tights well, and even I'm those gonna... blue uh, tights he wore before. Switching to these. You, you, no one believes that the guy wearing the parachute checkered pants can whoop anybody's ass. So nobody <laughs> believes in that guy. High energy. What a creative name, too. You're high energy. Just think about what Owen did before this moment. You know, he was the Blue Blazer and then he was just Owen Hart for a little bit and then I th- think that's when he uh, he became the new foundation with Jim Neidhart trash hot, high energy high energy trash was that, wasn't that him and Coco yeah. Beware yeah yeah so uh, in Royal Rumble 92 he was with Jim Neidhart and by Survivor Series 92 he was with Coco Beware and then throughout 93 he was with Coco and then I, it wasn't until the Survivor Series when he teamed up with Brett and his other brothers were really they were like okay we're gonna do something with Owen. That's when they started that. And angle. it wasn't even supposed to be Owen. It was supposed to be one of the other brothers who pitched. The, I think that was what happened. And one of the other brother pitched the idea, and then Brett was like, "Hey, uh, we're here," and like you know, yeah. and you know, it's already really good too. We should do this with Owen and not. I forget which other brother. It was. And that was the right call. Because yeah. Owen was super talented and played the role expertly. So, I mean, we remember and, this stuff. And he deserved the role because he, he had been there. Yeah, we remember this stuff even without him being inducted into the WWE Hall of Fame. So, there's really like, that, that's the mark of a true legend. Right. Come on. He. Not much can be said to have about Owen's talent. I mean, you could always say more, but it, it speaks for itself. It's just everything, like you know, his movements in the ring, his taunting to the crowd, to his opponent, and just everything. Like he was, I even said he, he probably had one of the most perfect heel runs from you know when he turned heel at this point through uh, the screw job in Montreal. Like he was one of the best heels they've had. Had never switched. I'm also thinking too. They said on Dark Side of the Ring where by the attitude there, they didn't really have much for him because he wasn't really trying to do the whole, you know, all the racy stuff that they were doing. And I'm like, bro, it's easy. He can be the opposite of all that. He could be the guy opposing all of the raunchy stuff, and that can make him a villain. He could right. be the straight guy, like pretty much what Bret Hart was was '97 when he was trying to uphold the honor of pro wrestling. That's what Owen Hart could have been. I understand they kind of did it already with Brett, but like, just do it again with Owen. Like they did it, and they did it to like a kind of a a com- sort of a comedic kind of degree with right to censor. It wasn't really taken that serious, I guess. Mm-hmm. When they had like Stevie Richards and or Stephen Richards at that point, a good father, and Val Venus and Bobby Buchanan and Ivory, um, but. Mm-hmm. They were like kind of dressed up with like the suits and the ties, the shirt and ties, and they had the annoying music. Like it was done to like a, I won't say a super serious degree. Where Owen, I think, could have done 
really well in that type of role. Not in the, sh- yep. the shirt and tie and 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 the, and the white socks with the black shoes, but like like Stevie Richards did. But like, you know, hey, I'm a Port in the Honor of wrestling kind of guy. Yeah. Yeah. Like, you, you just be the antithesis. It's just easy. Okay, you don't want to do this. Okay, well that's gonna be a character then. You don't want to, you know, fall into the, you know, the raunchiness of what's happening around you. You think you're above it all. You know, you're holier than thou. All right, that's your gimmick. <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm not saying that's how Owen felt in real life. I'm saying like this, you can turn that up to yeah. you know 11 by making him that way. It's just pretty much like CM Punk with the straight edge thing when they made him a heel with being straight edge, yeah. Yeah. which is like nothing wrong with being straight edge, but you know, WWE world, that's you're a villain. If you don't I, I think, drink alcohol, or if you're Daniel Bryan and you don't eat meat, that was. If you don't eat meat and you and you care for the environment, you're a villain. <laughs> you know. The uh, you know, it's funny you say that. I um. <laughs> Jerry Lawler, man, this. Helen Hart's pacemaker. Goodness gracious. He was ruthless. Um, now I forgot what I was going to say. What did you just say? Uh, talking about the gimmick that he could have had in the Attitude Era. Right. And he could have been like CM Punk, Straight Edge, Daniel Bryan, environmentalist. Uh, that's what I was saying. I was like, you know, they, like you said, they just ramp it up and it makes you, like, it's not a necessarily bad thing, but the fact that it's the character thinking they're better than you because they're that way. That's what people are doing. That's what people are really doing, you know, because they think they're better. They're so condescending. But you need help kind of explaining that because it's really not a bad thing. It's just the attitude behind it that you're better than And they just, commentary never does a really good job at explaining things like they did back in the day. That's what Top Night Gill was great at. Todd Pettengill. Stephanie, it was Stephanie Wyand. Weand. Yeah. Don't forget Sean Mooney, man. Sean Mooney was the GOAT. Backstage interviewer. Well, not I take that back. Gene Oakland was the GOAT. Backstage interviewer. But Sean Mooney was up there. He was not, he was the man. Uh, Todd Pettengill made me forget all about Sean Mooney. Stop it. You stop it right now. Sean Mooney's for life. He was just at the event center and then ran away from Jake Roberts. Sean Mooney was was the the truth, man. Put some respect on Sean Mooney's name. What did he do? He did a lot. He left a lasting impression on me. That's a damn sure. I mean, how? Because he was good at what he did. He wasn't. I didn't like him better than Todd Todd Pettigrew with his mullet. Can you believe what's happening right now in WWF? Oh. You know, my, one of my favorite parts about this is the after uh, after match when Todd interviews Owen backstage. Todd getting the answers right away. It's consummate professional. The Todd there. Oh, that is a scary man. You're so good at that. This match really set the st- oh sharpshooter. Oh nope. But this match set the stage for like this and the um Macho Man Steamboat match made the undercard matches like watchable on WrestleMania, like that you cared about. 
especially the opening match. This made the opening match like a big match in WrestleMania. Yeah. This was huge. How many WrestleManias opened with a big angle like this before this? It was usually just like a, a another match. But now it's like we got to start off the match hot. This might have been one of the first. I don't even remember the opening match of WrestleMania 11. The year after. Wasn't it the uh, Allied Powers versus the uh... man? What were the names? The, the, the farmers. The Eli and Jebediah Blue, something like that. No, the farmers were Henry Godwin, Phineas Godwin. No, it was uh, wasn't it? Wait a second. Take up any, yeah, the Blues Brothers with uh, Uncle Zebekiah. Right, right, right. That's who they faced in WrestleMania 11, the opening match, right? I didn't know it was the opening match, but I thought it was. I don't. I, I shouldn't. I should not remember that, but there it is. The kick to the leg. Storytelling. Story out of his leg. Storytelling. His what? leg out of his leg, man. Yeah, his leg out of his leg. All right, here we go. Yeah, Allied Powers, Lex Luger, British Bulldog versus the Blue Brothers, Jacob and Eli, Uncle Zebekai. That was the first match. That's Brett versus Ellis. <laughs> this was, that was a seven-match card. Can you imagine a WrestleMania with only seven matches on it nowadays? How many with this gigantic camera with the flash on it. People used to take cameras to the show, not like just to have their phones on them and take pictures, yeah. like a whole camera. Like a whole camera. <laughs> like, I will say, imagine, I mean, I don't want to, but the fact that Owen's accident happened in 99 and not many people probably had cameras, but it happened too quick for anyone to do like really reacts and well, maybe thank goodness that, and you're not taking pictures of somebody you know you're not taking pictures of that moment expecting that something to happen probably so it's probably for the best that there aren't any photos no, or videos absolutely agree but it's like 21 years later and because i'm sure it if it happened so different now if it happened today there would certainly be video of it yeah, yeah. that it would be you know somewhere on the internet Somewhere, but you know. I still remember. I was laying on my couch when Jim Ross announced his death, and I got goosebumps, literal goosebumps. It's one of the first times I ever felt that. I was like, "Whoa!" Can't love Vince. Here we go. There's no quit and the hit man. <laughs> Figure four. <laughs> Press like you son of a. <laughs> the pain must be intense. I'll tell you, if I was still watching this match, I would be like so proud. Of course. Like, you know, my two boys are here opening WrestleMania. One of them's going to be in the main event later on. Like, this is amazing. Right. Oh. And unfortunately, you know, Vince's relationship with that family is why Martha and uh, the rest of the hearts just are are where they at now. They just can't agree. I 
Always love that Madison Square Garden roof. Classic. Yeah. Who knows the next time we'll see that. I'll still, to this day, say Earl Hebner stinks. That's a shame. His two counts, his false counts, though, are like, I don't know why he does like this jerk move, like with his legs, legs kick out from under him. It's like, what do you, why I do that? Just telegraph the fact that you're not counting the three right now. I will say he's been pretty good. That's the patented hitman move. Yeah. They, they They both took it very well. Like his his leg kicks like you don't kick your leg out on one and two, but you do for three? Or is that how you stop yourself? Like I don't understand it. It looks weird. So you can just tell if it's the end of the match just by looking at the rest. That's not good. He does kind of telegraph it. Yeah. Do these sneakers got laces or they got like straps? At least he's look, he's not even he's barely looking at the shoulders. I don't get it. Sneakers don't have laces in them, I don't think, man. His shoes. (laughs) Orthopedic shoes on. We'll say Brett was always a great. Oh. Oh. (laughs) Like, why is he? That now I'm getting annoyed. It's weird. (laughs) Oh, Hepner's ruining this for me. Oh my god. It is weird though. But there's something to say. I guess Brett, Brett really respected him and loved him throughout his matches. So I wonder what was the decision behind the referees oh, going from ooh big superplex, referees going from the shirt bow tie look like boxing referees <laughs> to the stripes, which like every other well I guess uh, like football referees and hockey referees because basketball referees has like the gray shirts. Empires have like the blue shirts or whatever. Yes. But they went to the stripes, and I guess, I don't know. I think it was 95. 95? Okay. Yeah, I think it was I WrestleMania 11. Was the first one. I'm just curious as what what was behind the decision. Not to say there was a bad decision, just curious. I don't know. A lot of with it. 95. <laughs> I guess. But they stuck with it ever since. They haven't gone back. Bow tie and the blue shirt look cool though. It's not like they're not in the way, you know. But stripes kind of like I mean, there's they, more more attention being drawn to you. Yeah, they look like boxing referees, which yes. I guess was the point back in the day was that they look like you know fight For referees. Boxing, you're never really like. Well, I shouldn't say the refs never. Way. I mean, the ref always gets in the way of boxers, <laughs> especially when they start hugging each other. But right, but he, he jumps out of the way while they're actually fighting each other, though. Yeah. Oh, he tapped out. I did. Oh. Earl's saying, "In three years, I'm gonna be screwing with you in Montreal, you bastard." Man. Oh man. One classic ring presence. 
What a matchup, says Vince McMahon. I will say, black and gold ropes. Nice touch. Here it is. There we go. There we go. What are you trying to do? Lose. Get about it, Brett. Oh, Brett. This is what? What a mistake, dumb mistake. Everyone's like, what? Hmm, three? <laughs> I got three? You sure? That's so angry. Did he give him the finger? See, I don't know. I don't know if he was well, you, going you, like that was three. three. Right. You, think, you never know. You never know. We'll never know. See, he's just saying, like, tell him to get out. Like, he did that at WrestleMania 10, did that at WrestleMania 12. Well, Sean told him to get out. Well, I guess he told him to get out so he can right. heal it up and play out. Hilarious! Like Brett's like, tell him to get out. Like he's so angry. Ugh. Oh man, two, and the leg doesn't kick out because it's a three count. So that's a clean pin. No tights pulled. No ropes pulled. No. But heart got too cute. I had like couple pads too. Hmm. Here we go. Right, I'm Bill, with Owen Hart. <laughs> so he had to spit on his mouth. that this Todd Pettengill didn't have the mullet. He grew the mullet in 95. 95 mullet cut time? Like, I figured that's people getting rid of the mullets. He had it. He grew it out by the first in your house. Todd could do whatever the hell he wanted. He looked fine there. But he grew out the mullet in 95 or 94 or whatever. Yeah, Maybe it was the end of 94 or 95. Absolute classic. Yeah. And I love that Owen Hart promo where he's like, I'm better than you, blah, blah, blah. And then, you know, another great piece of storytelling, you know, the, the interview right after the match. And then, you know, you have Owen saying all this stuff. And then Brett goes and wins the title. And you have, I went back to like, what the hell? Right. It <laughs> was great. Owen Hart's one what, what his crowning moment at that point of his career you know beating his brother Brett at Wrestlemania in the Wrestlemania opener Wrestlemania 10 the biggest Wrestlemania of all time at that point 
It'd be crazy to think he w- he would wait another year to win his first title because King of the Ring, you know, that that's a title, just a name. It's not like a belt. So he would win the tag title the next year with Yokozuna. But he had a hell of a 1994. He did. He really did. And this has been a hell of a show. Hell yeah. Uh, but before uh, we sign off for episode 235, Nick, take us out with some plugs, please. You can follow me at <laughs> Nick McCone on Twitter. You can follow us at Shooters Radio on Twitter. And follow like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Shooters Radio. And also follow us at follow me at phillyinfluencer.com, phillyvoice.com for these podcasts. And um, I have the Cody Rhodes um, conference call from earlier today up on our uh, Shooters Radio feed, uh, available wherever you listen to your podcast. It's also at phillyinfluencer.com. I am at Vaughn M. Johnson on Twitter. Uh, you know, I've said it for years. You can find me out here in these streets, but, but during this pandemic we're living in right now that we're all going through, you will not find me out here in these streets, unfortunately. Uh, so I encourage you all to stay safe, keep the social distancing up, and hope everything is going well for you and yours out there, out there and out here during this pandemic. Uh, you can find us on Patreon, patreon.com slash radio. Subscribe to some exclusive content for just a small fee of $1.99. Check us out on there. Uh, we got more live commentaries on there, exclusive interviews. You check it out. You name it, we got it on there. And, yeah, check us out on all the platforms where you can find podcasts out here, whether it's iTunes, Apple Podcasts, or Pandora, or Spotify, you name it. We're on it. I mean, we're, <laughs> we're everywhere. We're like... <laughs> Like American Express, we are accepted everywhere. The straight shooters out here in the universe, the internet universe, internet land, like I say on the, at the top of every show. But until next time, for Nick McCone, I'm Vaughn Johnson. Thanks for listening to episode 236 of 235, excuse me, of the straight shooters. I got ahead of myself a little bit there. <laughs> episode 235 of the straight shooters, and we'll catch y'all again next week for episode 236. Peace.